This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families that can be found on page 139, page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. The reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Now let's get started with our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. Now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, not even an extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the villages, bringing the good news and curing diseases everywhere. Now Herod, the ruler, heard about all that had taken place. And he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the ancient prophets had arisen. Herod said, John I beheaded. But who is this about whom I hear such things? And he tried to see him. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. Then, taking them along, he slipped quietly into a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away, so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people for there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. 
and all ate and were filled. And what was left over was gathered up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. Jesus calls the twelve together and sends them out on a mission of love with field instructions of how to humbly go about proclaiming the kingdom of or reign of God and healing the sick. And they did just that bringing to the front lines of life to all people, but especially to the last, least, lost, lonely, and left out, bringing them the good news of God's love dramatically demonstrated by the healing of those needy who wanted to be cured. In one way or another, I think that includes all of us. I mean, who doesn't want to be cured? It includes me for sure, and I bet some of those folks then, just like now, simply needed some plain old-fashioned hospitality, somebody to lean on, to lend a listening ear, gosh, just to have a meal with. I offer that you could call that kind of healing a miracle of sorts, maybe a mini-miracle. Now, when Herod heard about all of these goings-on, he was perplexed. Yes, downright perplexed. The original Greek word used here for perplexed is diapareo, which variously means to be in doubt, not to know which way to turn, to be at a loss with oneself, not to know how to decide or what to do, to be without resources, to be in straits, maybe dire straits, to be left wanting, even to be embarrassed. It can mean all those things. Now, we don't want to embarrass a guy like Herod, do we? Or do we? Probably because he did not like being upstaged, Herod wants to know just who is responsible for all of this miraculous healing going on. There are those who say the suspect is some kind of manifestation of Elijah or one of the other ancient prophets. Then again, others think it is a resurrected John the Baptist who this very same Herod had recently beheaded. We learned that at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, Herod feared John the Baptist because he knew, he just plain knew that John was a righteous and holy man. We are told that Herod was greatly perplexed then too, and yet, Herod liked to listen to John. Now, why did Herod not follow that instinct instead of being afraid of what is virtuous, decent, honorable, just, and good? Just exactly what is he afraid of? Failure? Failure is an option in some cases, especially if it's failure to be a, a real jerk, a failure to being terrible. Herod certainly failed to be a righteous and holy man. 
not even close. Instead of cringing, why not embrace and pursue that which is hopeful, that which he instinctively seemed to like, to which he seemed to be led to? Now, in spite of that liking or that attraction, that temptation or invitation to the truth, if you will, Herod was in such a state of perplexity, even embarrassment maybe, and fear. Well, he had John beheaded in spite of liking to listen to him. I have to wonder, did Herod even want to be cured? Did he even know he needed healing? Was he just beyond that? We could talk about that all day long, but getting back to our story, Herod knew that the miracle worker fellow could not be John. He says, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? Well, then we're told that Herod tries to see Jesus in person. Be careful, Jesus. And Jesus is careful because his time had not yet come. Herod was flummoxed, puzzled, bewildered, confused, confounded, stumped, maybe even mystified and stunned by all that he had heard about Jesus. And well, he may not have known it, but also the work of the disciples. In a word, he was perplexed but still drawn to the righteous and holy. Herod was very curious, looking for a chance to meet Jesus, to see him in action. I wonder if he knew like we do, there were those 12 followers of Jesus in action. Hmm, what do you think? Eventually, along with Pilate, during that tag team charade of the trial of Jesus, Herod, does get his wish to meet Jesus, to see him in action. I wonder if he knew, like we do, that there were those 12 followers of Jesus in action. Hmm, what do you think? Eventually, along with Pilate, during that tag-team charade of the trial of Jesus, Herod does get his wish to meet and to listen to Jesus. As we are informed by Luke, when Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. History is repeating itself. But Jesus is not a circus act and will not perform on command. Love is a voluntary act and a sacrificial act. And I offer that miracles as such are not possible without, if you will, the presence of at least a smidgen of genuine faith or of hope, which Herod sorely lacked. I guess Herod was perplexed once again and very put off. I think both Pilate and Herod actually are really afraid of Jesus. Yes, at the beginning of his ministry, it was just Jesus, you know. 
Then, leading up to today's lesson, there was one or two recruits or disciples willingly following Jesus, enraptured and captivated by his message of love and inclusivity. Then another, then another, until there were twelve. Then there they were, just doing it on the road, spreading the message of love. I speculate a wary Herod and Pilate feared this kind of message to be subversive and some sort of malevolent organization to be the cause and maybe even some kind of movement, the Love Your Neighbor movement, the LYN movement. And they were right. There was the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, but most importantly, there was the day of Pentecost when her, the Holy Spirit, got busy. The first starter church, and the Holy Spirit is still with us, even today. The LYN movement is going strong in spite of any perplexity or doubts I may have when considering the state of affairs in the world today. Kindness and healing are going on today. God's love is possible, is even probable, very likely, actually apparent. I mean to say I am absolutely perplexed about the possibilities of the LYN movement, the Jesus movement, as it were, becoming a beloved community inspired by the Holy Spirit. Just one case in point, as a small example, is the Interfaith Hospitality Network of Greater Cincinnati. Hospitality is a major tenet found throughout the Bible as an expression of loving your neighbor and being a beloved community. After a year of extensive preparation and with barely two nickels to rub together, eight diverse congregations throughout the city of various faith backgrounds opened their doors in October 1991 to be an interfaith emergency family shelter program to provide compassionate and comfortable care to families with children in need of shelter. Now, in recognition that such help is really a Band-Aid solution to the real problem of the lack of affordable low-income housing and fulfilling a long-term goal, in 2012, the IHNGC established their Permanent Supportive Housing Program. Now, gosh, what does that mean? Well, the Permanent Supportive Housing Program is culminating in the soon-to-be-opened Melrose Place, which is a 26-unit apartment building which began construction in 2021. And the newly named Found House Interfaith Housing Network now includes 100-plus community partners, 1,000-plus volunteers, and operates nine programs with a staff of over 30 professionals, serving nearly 400 families per year, families with children. Are you perplexed?
I would like to hear from you about what example of the love your neighbor movement that you know about. Amen. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness, let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us now take some time, pausing our worship together, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers with intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life, in particular for those who are suffering and those who have died. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations and all the peoples of the one human race may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving Spirit may so move every human heart, and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and a day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus.